welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney, the co-founder and creator of the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, and we are here for the whole purpose of sharing with you cool tips, tricks, resources, things you can do to market your business, get your message out there, help more people in the world, and not be so crazily scared and frustrated with the marketing that you're trying to do. And of course, you know, like I always like to say, Marketing is not black magic and voodoo like so many people actually believe. It's actually doable. And once you start learning it and start doing it, it's actually a lot of fun. And today I'm really excited to have Natalie Lucier on the call. She is here. She is, this is kind of cool because I'm going through a program with her right now. We're going to talk about this in a bit. She has been making websites since she was 12 years old. She graduated with a degree in software engineering and was offered a job on Wall Street and decided to turn it down and start her own business instead, right out of college. And today she's running one of the fastest marketing, digital marketing, consulting, and coaching companies out there and holds an annual off-the-charts live in New York event. So, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Eli. This is so exciting. Yes. So here's how I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give kind of the backstory. I found out about you because I saw a Facebook ad. Okay. And I see this ad, and it's talking about the list building challenge. And I'm all about trying to you know, do the whole list building thing. And I know a lot of this stuff myself, and I'm like, but I want to see what she's doing. I wanna, I'm always trying to look and learn more stuff. And I think it's always important for all of us in our, in our industries to always be learning. So I saw this. I signed up for it, checked it out. You've got a video that goes out every day, uh, a tip, trick, resource, you know, the, the action steps that needs to happen. I am, I'm not through the whole thing yet. I think I've gone through 20 days roughly and I'm sitting here going why the hell is she not charging for this thing because this is amazing and that was when I actually reached out to you and said okay I want to have you on my show because I want we want to talk I want to find out more about what you're doing and let's talk about the whole you know the whole list building stuff and things that you're doing that is working that's helping so many people so give us a little bit more of your background story and you know where did you get started how did you come up with this whole thought of you know starting with websites and then going out on your own yeah absolutely so I've been, you know, like like you introduced me, I've been making websites for a really long time, and I've just had, like, this love affair with the Internet since I got a computer, pretty much, and I just love that I could create stuff and communicate with people, and I remember making online friends back in the day and being, you know, building websites together and sharing tips and tricks and, you know, how do you get more people to your website, and, and I didn't know about list building back then, but when I got back into building a website for my own business, I learned about online marketing and how to, you know, build an audience, how to create products and offerings and services that people want to buy from you, and a lot of that took some trial and error to figure out and get good at, but once I got it, you know, in my blood, I was like, wow, I love doing this stuff. I love communicating and being creative and coming up with new ways to market and, you know, create offerings that people can really, you know, sink their teeth into and get results from. So when I started my business, I was doing um, raw food coaching and consulting. So, you know, I went down the very corporate path and um, in, in school, so I was studying software engineering and I realized, you know, I love the computer part but the corporate environment was just not my thing, which is why I decided to start my own business. And I went with, you know, I kept hearing, follow your passion, follow your passion. So I was like, well, I'm passionate about healthy eating. So I'm going to start a food coaching or food blog kind of company. And I did that for about a year. And then people were coming to me saying, who built your website? How are you making money from this? Can you teach us? And for a long time, I actually resisted that. I was like, oh, you know, I like I like making websites. I like the technology side of things, but I don't really want to do that. I want to, you know, I wanted to be the, like, clean-cut food blogging kind of person. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, when I listened to them, I was like, okay, well, maybe I can try, try to do that a little bit. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. And when I did that, that turned into a six-figure business practically overnight, and people have been, like, coming at me ever since. <laughs> so I think it's definitely, like, the, call, the calling was calling me. 
Right, and that is awesome. And you know, the fact you're saying that you started building websites when you were 12 years old. I started building websites when I was 22 years old. So you know, and right. I'm sitting there going, "That's this." It it amazes me how easy that is in that aspect of when you get in there and you actually, you know, get involved and get engaged and become passionate about something. How that can turn into such an amazing business, which is obviously what you've done here. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's being able to tap into something that kind of comes naturally to me instead of saying, no, like business should be hard, (laughs) right? Like why not go with what I'm naturally good at and making that my business instead. Right. Now, one of the things with what we're, what I wanted to talk to you about, and the reason that I, I was got so excited about having you on the show was about list building. And you believe that list building is like the number one metric that online entrepreneurs need to have. And I think this qualifies for offline entrepreneurs as well. Why do you believe that? Let's, let's have a conversation about that for a bit because this is, this is like, you know, you're going to be preaching to the choir on this one, but I, I reiterate this so much. I think that I'd love for you to talk about it for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's so easy to get bogged down with numbers. And I think when you have a physical location, you can you can kind of know if it's working or not a little bit easier because you know if your store is full, you know if people are actually walking by and opening the door and coming in and if they're buying or not. Like it seems to me like that would be a little bit easier to tell and you can run a like, you know, cash report at the end of the day and stuff. Um, but I do think that even building a list if you have an online business is really important because then you can get back in touch with people who are interested in your products and services and get them to come back. So that's one of the things that I love about having a list is that you're building a relationship with somebody and with many people, hopefully, that you know are raising their hand and saying, I want to hear more about what it is that you're up to, what you're offering, what you're creating. And because of that, you can let them know, like let's say if you have a sale at your store and you want to like liquidate inventory or you know you just want to like rush before the holidays or something, you can just send an, out an email and then people are going to come in and it's kind of like a magic button. <laughs> almost in my business at least. That's how it feels. And um, But, you know, that is something that you have to build towards and it doesn't just happen overnight. It is about delivering great content and great value to the people who are joining your list. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, the bigger your list, the more potential business growth you have. And, of course, that that is something that you can put a number on, but it doesn't mean that everybody who's on your list is going to become a customer, but it's at least better than if you can't get back in touch with them. You know, sometimes people think, oh, well, I have a lot of traffic, but people who come to visit your website, if they don't sign up to your email list, they may never come back and they may never find you again, or they might not remember who you are or your link. So that's why I think it's important to be able to capture people who might be interested and then to follow up over time. Right. And I, and I, you know, one of the things you talked about, the fact that some, some people talking about that they get a lot of traffic to their site, but they're not capturing that information. I think years ago, I heard that like 97% of the people who come to your website will end up going away for whatever reason. Maybe they weren't interested. Maybe they were just, you know, doing some window shopping. Maybe the dog came up, poked him on the leg saying he wanted to go outside. We don't know why they walk away. But if you don't capture that information and try to build that relationship in the long term, now you've lost that prospect 100% because you can never just figure out who it is and chase them down. Exactly. Right. So that is – and that's really cool to, to think about it in that way is one of the things you just said is it's a way for you to build a relationship with somebody. And I think that that is a critical piece that a lot of times people don't think about. And a lot of business owners tend to think of building your list as having a, you know, I, I need to start doing my newsletter, but then I'm going to have to write all these articles, and it has to be fancy. It's going to take me all day to do. And they, they overwhelm themselves before they get started, and they don't realize that building a list is not about having a newsletter. It's about building a relationship. It's about sending an email that's saying, hey, by the way, here's something that might help you. Yeah, absolutely. I like to say that, you know, especially people who are starting out and who don't have a big list yet, they're like, oh, it's going to be so much work to maintain and to send stuff all the time. But I like to remember and kind of remind people that each person on your list is not just like a number, right? There are human beings with like their own hopes and dreams and problems that need help and, you know, help to solve. And if that's something that you can do in your content or in your newsletter or whether, you know, whatever type of stuff you send, if it's uh, a report or if it's whatever it is that you're offering in exchange for joining your list or even an ongoing basis, like if you send out something every month, um, all of that is really 
in service to them. And I think that the more you can kind of remind yourself of that when you're creating that content that goes out to them, then it doesn't really become about like, oh, it's a big to-do list item. It's more like, hey, I'm actually helping these people. And when I help them, well, then they're more likely to sign up for whatever products or services I might be offering down the line. Um, And I think that really like that's a big shift for a lot of people and can help them not be so bogged down by the process of like, okay, now I have to send emails all the time, right? Right. Right. And it, and that is something too is, you know, just for a second, there's a lot of things we're going to go into, but one thing is too is um, a lot of times people say, well, I don't want to do the whole email thing because people don't like to get spam and they're thinking that they're, if you think your email is spam, then it is. You have a problem to begin with. It's about, it's about, how can I help? How am I building a relationship? How am I adding value? And email is just the tool behind that. Totally. Yeah, I actually just had a, a blog post on my site go up about, like, are you promoting too much? Because I feel like so many people come to me and they're like, well, I have a newsletter and I have a product or a service that I need to be promoting, but I don't want to spam people and I don't want to promote too much. So kind of the heuristic that I like to recommend is like 80-20. So provide great content 80% of the time that's super useful, and then 20% of the time you can talk about your products or services. And sometimes like when you hear that, you're like, okay, like I get it. But what that can actually look like in a physical email is like the 80% part of that email can be like a great story or a great tip, and then a PS at the end of that email can be, I also have coaching spots open, or by the way, like we're offering this for sale or whatnot, and that can just like seeing that you can have that just within one email can help people say, oh yeah, this is valuable, and it also serves a business purpose, which is also useful for everyone. Right. That's awesome. I love that. And it is so, so true. If you you, if you put you know a basic ratio of that, and then just for everybody listening, because we're going to have a couple of analytical people on the call, they're going to say, okay, now how do I figure out that exact 80-20? It doesn't have to be exactly 80-20. It can be like 78-22. You know, let's, right. let's not worry about logistics here. I always have to say that because somebody comes back and asks the question just because. <laughs> so let's say, you know, for somebody who's just starting out there or they've been in business but they haven't actually been building a list, what's one of the best ways that you would suggest to get started in that process? Yeah, so one of the things that I usually recommend if, if you're just getting started and you haven't really thought this through yet is to come up with a really good opt-in offer. It, you know, some people call it a lead magnet or an ethical bribe. You know, there's all kinds of words around what it is. It could be a free gift that you call it. Um, but really think about, like, what would be the thing that would have somebody raise their hand and give you their email in order to receive? So. And I know that this can actually sometimes block people because they're like, oh, no, like I need to spend a month creating this free report or this free MP3 or video or whatever. And it doesn't have to be this big to do. It can really be like a compilation of the most commonly asked questions about your product or your service. It could be, you know, 10 things that you need to know before you hire uh, an exterminator, if you're an exterminator, you know, something like that. So it's, it can be related to what it is that you offer. And in fact, I think the best way to think about it is what could you offer somebody before they were ready to buy your product or your service? And um, even, you know, when I think about it for the 30-day list building challenge, for me, that was kind of how I came up with it was this is what I want people to know before they launch a product. So I have a paid program, um, which is called Launch It in Profit, which is all about launching a product, but I gave away all the stuff about list building because, you know, that's what I want people to have as a foundation before they go into any of my paid offerings. So how can you think about it in, in that way for your people and kind of like reverse engineer what they need to know? In, and also it should be valuable. Obviously they kind of have to want that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then right. that would be the next step to like join your list to get that. Right. And there, there's so much with that we can talk about. I mean, I, I like to use the term um, lead generation machine because once you start it, it's doing its thing. It's working for you 24-7. But you did bring out a couple of, of great ideas for that because I get people that ask me, you know, they're, they're, I tell them, you've got to start building your list. You've got to have your lead generation machine. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, start with whatever's easiest to do something where you're adding value. And I've even used checklists. I've used, you know, the top top 10 things you need to know before you hire a landscaper. I mean, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And 
just simple. It doesn't have to be complex. You can always make it bigger, better, cooler down the road. I've got one that's a, a guide that I give away. It's about 20, 30 pages that originally it was just the guide, and then I added a video series that goes along with it. And all I did was just make it better, but I started with the basics. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, with my raw food business, it was just a recipe book and you just got like, I think it was five recipes and it didn't need to be even that much more than that because, you know, people just, they, if they like what they're reading on your blog or if they like some of your other content, that's just like the next little like kind of carrot at the end of the stick that they need to stay on and kind of connect with you more. So yeah, I totally agree about just get something ready and get something out there. And then once you've got some momentum, you can come back and make it better. Right. Awesome. Very, very cool. Now, you were talking about you know your, your list building challenge and the way you thought about that. You turned that into a fun thing. And you know we, we started this with explaining that I actually saw an ad for it, signed up for it, because I'm always looking to see what other people are doing and to learn in the process. And I have to tell you, it's been a, an amazing program. And you know, what was your thought behind that and how you made it into a fun project as opposed to, you know, hey, by the way, here's my download? Because it, it's a totally different creature. Well, thank you. Yeah, so it, it actually came to me because the whole challenge concept came because I wanted to challenge myself to build my list more. Um, you know, what ends up happening when you teach marketing or you do kind of this the stuff that we do is that we help other people do it, and then we have, like, the cobblers with, you know, children without shoes issue. So, yeah. so I wasn't really focusing on building my own list as much as working with my clients. So I was like, okay, let me challenge myself. And then I was like, wow, well, I could invite other people to do the challenge with me. And I could maybe even make it a contest. Like there could be like fun things that could be part of it. And um, the first time I did it was actually in the summer. And it was like I was just creating the content as I went along, and I was just kind of sharing the process of what I was doing with other people. So I was like, well, I guess posted here. I um, did a webinar here and all that stuff. And then I kind of shared the results of how many people joined my list during that period of time, during the 30-day challenge. And um, people loved it. So I got such great feedback, and then they said, well, we want – we want more. We want like more videos. We want more. Like we want to be part of a group. We want to do all these things. And I was like, okay, well, I can do that. <laughs> so I basically uh, went back to the drawing board a little bit, took the kind of ideas that I had taken and taken action on, and then made that into a daily video. And um, you know, I had the checklist I had already created, but I just kind of like upgraded those a little bit and um, created the group. And yeah, then it was like, okay, I'm going to relaunch this. And so it was kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It wasn't the first iteration. This was actually the second iteration of my opt-in. Okay, cool. And that is, it's a good way to look at it too, is the fact that this is the second version of it. And I've, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I thought it was very impressive, not just the content, but also the layout of the site, the, everything looks so, so sharp with it that I, I was very, very impressed with it. And the, the greatest thing about this is, you know, for me, I have a lot of the stuff that you're, you're putting through there, especially for the first, you know, probably the first weeks worth of content is stuff that I know. This is stuff I do. This is stuff that I teach as well. But I'm sitting there going, this is so awesome for a newbie who's just trying to get started with list building. It's like it's more amazing than some of the stuff that I put out there. And I'm sitting there going, okay, and she's giving it away for free. I'm charging for mine. So. <laughs> You know, I love that. And you turned it into a fun event. And I think that's something that is really, really powerful that I think people need to, to think about more is how can you create a challenge or, you know, base, create an event around your products, your services, and especially your freebie. How can you add that extra value to it to make it fun? And I think you did that really well. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. It's really like when I think about it, it's the, the experience of the whole thing. And I like to think, you know, what experiences do I like when I'm, you know, out and about in the real world or, you know, if I'm signing up for a paid program, what were my favorite parts of the paid program? So I think it's the same, like how can we make our free stuff just as amazing as our paid stuff? And that kind of inspired me as, as well when I was creating that. Very cool, and I, I love it. I think that you know, we're, and we're going to give out a link at the end here for for everybody, so you can go through the process. Like I said, I'm going through it right now. I, I believe I'm on day or on day 20 with it, right around in that area. I'm fly, like flying through them because I got a little bit behind in my own, you know, keeping up with it. Um, but then that, that's actually something else I want to bring up too is that most of the videos in there is, are like two, three minutes tops. 
And I think that's one of the things that makes it really nice when we're in such an ADD society that I think that that is really important. And it's good for, you know, to share that. I thought that was a great idea, but for everybody listening, if you're looking at doing videos and things like that as whatever your, you know, your lead generation machine is going to be, make sure that you start breaking things into smaller chunks because we are in such a, a fast-paced society that people only have so much time to go through it. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So now what if you know people have been in building their list but it started kind of getting stagnant and they're they're trying to revamp things what would you what would your suggestion be to kind of get some new momentum going with it Yeah so I like to think you know about the outreach that you might be doing to kind of get new in front of new people so what I notice sometimes is that we tend to stay in the same circles online so we you know we've kind of maxed out our current reach, right? So being able to get in front of new audiences or getting in front of other people's audiences is a great way to break out of that kind of list building plateau. Um, and one of the ways to do that, like there's a couple of them, but one of them is um, guest posting, which I, I'm a big fan of. Um, there's also, you know, interviews, kind of like podcast interviews, um, even, you know, getting in the press or just kind of breaking out of the regular places that you might have been interviewed for or, or on in the past. Um, and then I also think doing joint webinars or kind of cross promotions with other people works really well um, because, you know, if you're you have somebody who has a similar audience as you, but aren't competing product-wise or service-wise, then you really can kind of like share your list a little bit and get some overlap happening without competing directly with each other, which is great. Right. And, you know, one of the things is you you started off, you've talked about three things that I, I love doing. One of them is guest posting. You know, let's talk about that for just a second. What are, you know, if I'm if I'm just trying to figure out how to get my message out there, where are some of the places that you can find to guest post? Yeah, so I think, you know, depending on what industry you're in, there are some of the top blogs that take guest posts. Um, you know, there's actually, if you just Google, like, best places to guest post about X, Y, and Z, I think you'll find some great places. But I also like to think about, like, where are my ideal people kind of hanging out online or like what blogs do they read online or what websites do they read online because then you can really be showing up in the right place for your ideal audience and if you don't know you can always ask them right so if you have existing customers or clients or people on your list you can say like you know what blogs or websites do you frequent on a regular basis like what are you subscribing to magazine wise Um, and I think those are just great pieces of information to have whether you do end up guest posting there or not um, but yeah, like I think there are certain places. So for example, um, Huffington Post tends to be pretty broad. Like they publish about a lot of different topics. So writing there is definitely a great idea. Um, there's also kind of more niche type websites. So Elephant Journal is better for like yoga and healthy eating and that kind of thing, um, relationships and stuff. Um, and Mind Body Green is, you know, for health coaching or kind of more healthy eating type places. Uh, so, yeah, and then there's kind of other websites for, like, more business. You know, if you want to do more of that, there's definitely more focused websites for that as well. Right, and I, and the cool thing about it is a lot of times people don't realize how easy it is to get in to be a guest blogger or guest poster. You know, um, you know, even you mentioned Huffington Post. A lot of people know what that is, but they're like, I'm not a professional writer. I couldn't write for that. But quite honestly, as long as you write something that in itself is good, a lot of times places like that are looking for that kind of content on a regular basis. Absolutely. And I also think, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, man, like I need to have X number of previously published articles on other websites before I could ever try to publish there. But that's definitely not true. Like you said, it's more about the value and, you know, the intrinsic value of that article that you're submitting. And I also think another thing that a lot of these places are looking for is either a regular contributor. So some places are looking for people who are willing to write like once a month or maybe twice a month. And if it's a good fit for you, I think it's always a good thing to do that because you're, especially if it's a big site, because then you're always going to get like a nice flow of traffic back to your site from that. And the other thing that these sites tend to be looking for is somebody who's going to be engaged. So you're not going to like submit a guest post and then not reply to the questions or comments that people are leaving, but you're also going to share the articles to your own audience, which they always love getting more kind of social media shares and stuff. So that's another thing to keep in mind too. 
Right. And I, and I have to agree with that 100%. One thing that I do find is, um, you know, not just in, in the writing of the articles, but like even when I'm a, I, I'm a guest on other places, I always share that out. If I'm going to be on a radio show, I always share out the, the link ahead of time saying, hey, you know, come join us today. I'll be on this show. You know, that kind of stuff. Because the, anybody who's in charge of that site, that's what they want. They want to be able to get some extra traffic to it. And the great thing about it is it, it shows that you're active. It shows that you're sharing more. And somebody may have read one article. They may be following you on Facebook because they saw something that you did. But now this gives them an other opportunity to get to know you a little bit more even. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's great because, you know, your readers or your people who already love you are always looking for more from you. And if you're writing in these other places or if you're being featured in different places, people might be asking you different questions or, you know, you might have a slightly different angle on something you covered on your own blog or your own website. And they, you know, people are hungry for like the the stuff that you don't talk about all the time. So if you are guest posting about slightly different things, they'll be like, oh, yes, like I'm so excited to read that from this person. So I think it, it goes both ways and it helps both both kind of sites. Right. And I, and I do really like that one because there are some people, and I'm sure you've probably seen them, where they have one pitch and it's very crafted and you ask the same questions and they always have the same answers and that's all they do ever, no matter what. They get kind of boring after a while. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and I've seen that before. And so it's really good to have a little bit of variety. Like one thing that I, I do is I talk about marketing-related stuff, and there's different – obviously, there's a lot of different smaller arenas within the marketing niche. But on top of that, I do a lot on productivity. And I've actually had one site that that's my entire purpose was to blog about productivity tips. And that was great because it was a cross-promotion, a different niche, a different audience – but then they would come by and they would actually check out my own stuff as well and see my marketing-related topics. I do that too. So there's you know, one website called The Daily Love, and it's more about like personal stories. And so I'm not talking about marketing or websites, but that always tends to bring a lot of cool new people into my world because they're like, oh, cool, like, you sound like an interesting person with great stories. Like, let's find out what else you do, which is really fun. Right. Very cool. And it is something, too. I, I, the fact that you just brought that up brings me up to one other point, too, is being realistic and being yourself, I think, is huge in getting that traffic and getting people to resonate and want to pay attention to what you've got to offer as well. Yeah, exactly. I always say, you know, we're all, as human beings, we're like snowflakes and we're all unique. So the more you can put your personality into things, the better, because we can all be talking about similar concepts. You know, people are like, well, if somebody's already blogged about this or already written about this topic, why should I bother? But, you know, we all have our own unique, unique thumbprints or, or whatnot to put on a topic or on an idea. So I think the more you can infuse that personality into what you're creating, then people will be attracted to your version of it and, you know, they'll kind of follow you from that. Right. I love that. Very, very cool. I love the way you just put that. And it does really make a difference. I was just actually having a conversation with somebody earlier today who teaches how to blog. and But he's still fairly new in there in the industry, and he's seeing all this competition. He's like, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing it because there's so many other people doing it. And I'm like, no, you've got your own voice, your own style. That's what's going to make a difference. And if that's what you love doing and you're good at it, then at least give it a try. But don't think that there's too much competition for it because I can tell you from, from my own personal experience, I mean, the reason that I don't design websites as, a, as my company anymore was because we had so much competition, but I'm finding people still come back to me. They want me to do it. Right. You know. So my next question for you is we've got a list. We've started doing all the things to get people to sign up for our list and to be part of it, and we've given away our freebie. How do we build that relationship and make sure that we're not one of those guys that's out there spamming all the time and driving our, our subscribers completely crazy? Yes. Okay. So there's a couple different ways. And one that I love is setting up a great autoresponder sequence right after people join your list. And you might be like, oh, no, but that's even more emails, <laughs> right? Um, but I actually think it's important because somebody who just joined your list is probably the most excited and engaged person right when they join your list that they'll ever be. You know, maybe down the line, they'll kind of have a stronger relationship with you. But 
not, you know, at the beginning is when they're the hottest and most excited to learn more about you and what you offer. So um, that's why I recommend having a sequence of great emails. And, you know, kind of what I, I was saying earlier, you could sell at the end of those emails, but I recommend making them high quality, great content right up front. And then, you know, maybe a couple of emails into the sequence, you can kind of tell them about your products and services. But so there's a couple of different ways. I like to kind of think of these follow-up emails as almost like a TV show. So, you know, you have the, the first one that comes out and then it can be the, the week after or just a couple of days later, the second one comes out. And each time you want to leave them hanging a little bit. So you want to have like a little cliffhanger that says stay tuned for tomorrow or stay tuned for the next email. We're going to be talking about X, Y, and Z. And or maybe if you're telling your actual story of like why you started your business and kind of why you're so passionate about what you do, you can say like find out how I almost gave up on my business or, you know, like kind of a little bit of controversy that keeps them hooked to read that next email. And the really good thing about writing that autoresponder sequence up front like that is that you're kind of training people to expect good things from you. So they will look forward to opening all your emails. And I think, you know, one of the worst things is to receive emails, not open them, and then just be annoyed <laughs> by, you know, by the fact that you got an email, but you didn't get anything useful because you didn't read it. So the more you can kind of train people to expect good things by giving them good things up front, then I think that'll be great as you continue to build your list. Right, and I and I couldn't agree more with it. I've got people that that use that excuse of, well, I don't want to email too much because I'm gonna I'm gonna get irritate people, and I'm like, well, if they're irritated by getting your email, you obviously wrote a crappy email. That's really what it boils down to here. And yeah. I, we talk about that. It's about adding that value and sharing good stuff up front to to get them excited about it. And I've got some people that actually email me every single day, and I and I can't get to everything. I miss quite a few of them because I'm busy just like everybody else is, but I never say I'm going to unsubscribe. I never even think about it because I know that every one of those emails has value, and I'm not worried about them. If I miss one, no, that sucks. I know it's not that important. It's not like life or death, but I, I know that there was definitely value in it, and I think that that's where people get hung up is the realizing you need to not be spamming your list but if you do it right and you're adding enough value, you could actually get to the point of emailing your list every single day, and they would be fine with it if you provided enough value. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. I'm on some lists that are daily emails, and like I don't open them every day like you said, but at least in the beginning I open them every day, and I felt like I got a lot of value out of it. So I think, you know, like it is definitely something that's doable. So it's not so much the amount of emails that you're sending. It's more about the content of those emails. So I totally want to echo that. Right. Awesome. So we've got, you know, as we're going through and building building our list, we're getting things going, we're having good communications with our with our clients. And you and the, the fact of having a pre-written autoresponder sequence, I know there's probably a few people that don't quite understand what that is. And in the nutshell, it's a series of emails that goes out automatically. If you're using, there's a ton of different systems out there, eye contact, MailChimp, any of those kind of things. Infusionsoft is what we use. You know, any of those kind of softwares that you're using, they have a way to do an autoresponder where you basically have them pre-written, ready to go. And when you do that, all you're doing is adding more value to get them excited about it because here's, here's reality is that buyer's remorse doesn't just happen when they give you money. They get irritated by getting they get buyer's remorse from signing up for a list and then getting a bunch of garbage emails as right. opposed to good content. So, you know, keep that in mind. As long as you're providing good content and set it up properly, it works like a charm every single time. Um, now the next thing I want to ask you about is traffic because we're going to get traffic to our website in order to get more people to sign up for our list. What are some of your thoughts and ideas about getting, you know, good quality traffic coming to you? Yeah, so I have a couple of things that I recommend that people do um, to kind of capitalize on their list building. So one of the things that I always recommend for people is after people join your list, have them share the free thing that they just got, right? And so that could be 
uh, you know, if they got a PDF or if they got a video, have like some share buttons on the thank you page where they're consuming that content to have them spread it to their audience or their friends on Facebook and social media and all that. Because chances are that the people who are opting into your stuff probably know other people like them who could benefit from it. So what that ends up happening is, you know, the more traffic and kind of conversions and people who are joining your list that you have, the more kind of side effect of more people coming in. So it has like a nice building upon itself effect. So that's just one thing that I like to have built in to kind of my opt-in process. Uh, but beyond that, you know, to get people to your website in the first place, there's a bunch of different things that we can do. Like, so guest posting is one of those things. Um, and it's great because it also builds links. So it can also help a little bit with your search engine optimization. Um, but yeah, so SEO is one of the things that I kind of got good at early on in my raw food business because it was a very competitive market and, you know, you can definitely rank for green smoothies or, you know, how to make a green smoothie. And I kind of realized like, okay, so people are searching for recipes or they're searching for specific things. And when I can write to that, then they'll actually find my website. So the more you can kind of optimize your website or your articles for things that people might be searching for, then you'll actually show up when they're looking for you, which is just so awesome to be able to be there when people need you. Right. Awesome. And I, and I do love that. And it's, we're not talking about fancy SEO, not hiring a company to do it. We're talking really basic. Do a little bit of keyword research and then utilize those keywords in your articles. It's as simple as that, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just about knowing what people are searching for. And, you know, I love keyword research, but even if that sounds like, oh, my God, a bit of a nightmare to you, um, you can just, like, reverse engineer and think about, like, what would my ideal customer client actually be typing into Google, right? And um, one of the things to keep in mind is, like, people probably don't think about your topic the same way that you do. So one of the things I learned early on is that I was talking about really complicated stuff and my audience was just looking for like how to open an avocado, right? right? So the more that you can really put yourself in the shoes of your ideal people and what they might be looking for, you know, what you're creating might not need to be so complicated and the articles that you're writing might need to be a little bit more basic to bring in the right people who are looking for your products or services. Right. And you just said something really, really important to that, that I think that, that all of us really need to be reminded of is don't talk in geek speak. And, you know, I, you and I are both geeks in that aspect. We're, we come from the web design world. I've, I'm, I'm sure that you have all kinds of computer tools and toys and stuff just like I do. But there is geek speak in every language and in every industry like you were talking about you know your your raw food stuff there is stuff in there that if you started saying those words my eyes would glaze over because i have no clue what you're talking about and you've got to remember we all have to remember our clients are that way or our prospects are that way they don't know the terminology so you have to keep it simple you've got to make it in the terms that they're going to understand and then of course you could educate them into the more advanced stuff, but one thing you've always got to keep in mind is to remove any geek speak. Totally, yeah, like all that jargon stuff that you talk about with your buddies in the industry, it's not quite going to resonate for people who are new to you or new to, you know, what they need help with. Right, and I've seen that, you know, I've seen other computer guys that, especially like in the web design world, it's so much fun, like when, when CSS, cascading style sheets, first started becoming popular, there were people that were like, oh, you've got to redo your entire website, and it's going to rank bad on Google, and blah, 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 and they're talking about CSS and HTML5 and all these different things, SEO being another great term, and what happens with most people is when you start saying those terminologies, their eyes glaze over like a deer in the headlights. And, totally. And so that was the greatest thing with my clients for, for my web design company was they would come to me and say, these guys called me and they said this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, now let me explain what that actually is, what it means, and why it really isn't important right now. And I would actually basically give it to them in layman's terms what it meant, what it really stood for. And they would say, okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And you know, I'm really glad I have you. And this is why I hired you. And I would never hire them. You right. know, so it's, yeah, exactly. It's all about, you know, making them feel smart, right? And also not like making them alienated because <laughs> I think that's right. a big thing. Yeah, and that is really, really an important way to put it is that what ends up happening is you do end up 
alienating your your prospects because I mean, let's face it, we don't like to feel stupid. And that's what ends up happening when you do that is that your clients or your prospects start feeling like they're not smart enough and that gives them that negative feeling and they go talk to somebody else because they don't want to be embarrassed. And so when you're writing your articles, when you're putting stuff out there, videos, articles, doesn't matter what you're doing in the content and putting it out there, always keep in mind, keep it in layman's terms. Keep it in simple terms that anybody can understand. That way somebody doesn't turn around and go, I, I didn't get anything that they just said. I'm going to go talk to somebody else now. Totally. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right. So the next question for you is we, we've gone through a lot. We've gone through how to start with the ideas of uh, what to do to build a list, how to grow that list even further, how to get traffic. Now let's talk about how to convert some of those subscribers into buyers because we all know that you know it's 10 20% is a good day actually buy from our list? How do we get, get that number up to a higher number? Yeah, so, you know, it is, I think it's all related, right? So the, the better relationship you can build with the people who are on your list, um, you know, the, the more value you can provide up front, then the more likely they are to want to buy whatever it is that you offer. There's a lot of, like, reciprocity in there. So, you know, if you're offering something and they already felt like they got so much value, sometimes they're just like, oh, sure, I'm going to sign up for that just because I loved all your free stuff. And that happens to me sometimes. So <laughs> that does that is something to consider, um, you know, as you're putting up your free content and thinking about that. But, yeah, in terms of actually converting, there's a lot of different things to think about. So one of the things is kind of the copywriting aspect. So talking about your offer in a way that people can really see the value for them. Um, a lot of times I see people say, like, oh, I have a 10-week e-course with 20 videos and uh, PDFs and transcripts. And I'm like, great, but, you know, what's, what's in it for me? Right? Like, what am I actually going to get out of this? kind of 10-week process. And so the more you can kind of focus on, like, what's the problem that you're solving, what's the solution that you're really bringing to the table, and what results can people expect from going through a program or buying an offering or coaching or whatever it is that you're providing them, then the more likely and the more easy it is for people to say, yes, that's actually what I'm looking for, that's what I want. Um, so I think that's one of those things, like the way that you offer and talk about what you offer is a really important piece to converting better. Very cool, and I and I do love that. That's one of the things that I I'm always kind of taught. I reevaluate my own copy with it, but I'm always talking to other people. It's like, okay, don't think about the all the bells and whistles. Think about what's the problem that you're solving. Keep it simple in that aspect. How are you going to make their lives easier? And that is the goal behind any good copywriting piece. And you also mentioned one other thing that I think is really critical to talk about is make it easy for them. If you know, make it as easy as possible for people to actually buy your product. I've actually been to sites where I wanted to buy their product and I couldn't find the buy button. Wow. <laughs> yep. So, That's pretty important. Yeah, it does happen. And I see it quite often actually. And so, you know, those are the type of type of things you want to make it very, very easy, very blatant, no hiding, no questions about it. You know, whatever it is you want them to do, you've got to give them the call to action. You know, if you if you're a local brick and mortar type store and you're not selling online necessarily, but you want them to call you, then put your phone number, big bold letters that says call me at with your phone number right there. And you've got to make it as easy as possible for people. I totally agree. And that actually brings up a really good point that I've noticed that really helps my clients is when they put in their contact information, like whether it's their email or their phone number, and actually invite people to get in touch with you if they have questions about your programs or your offerings or your products or services. Because a lot of times people want to buy, but either there's like a question that you haven't addressed in your sales process or on your website, and they're like, well, I'm not really sure if this is right for me, or, you know, I'm wondering if this would work in this special case or something like that. So the more that you can be available to them, um, I think that does a couple of things. One is it shows that you care, which is always a good thing because people right. want to be doing business with people who care. And then two is that you're available, you know, you, you know, if something goes wrong during the program or, you know, if they buy the wrong thing, like you'll refund and give them the right thing or whatnot. Like that just takes away a lot of that pressure and that fear that people might be having, especially online. If you're in person store or something, then great. They can, you know, you're not going to disappear overnight. Right. But if you're online, they might have this fear that, 
you know, maybe this online business is a fly-by-night thing, and then they could just disappear tomorrow. So it's really right. important to be able to let people experience you and be able to get in touch with you. And I think email and phone both work great for that. Yeah, and that and it is a simple process. Is even if you're not a phone type person, maybe you are doing more internet. Like I'm not a phone guy. My phone number is not easy to find, quite honestly. But I am very, very out there in social media. Anybody can connect with me there. They can email me. I always put that out publicly because of the fact that I want to be transparent. I'm like, you know what? If you have questions, let me know. Come, come ask me. Just reach out to me. Right. And, I love that. And it makes life so much easier. And it gets people to feel more that you're more trustworthy up front just because of the fact you said, hey, I'm here for you. Just let me know. You know, here's my email address. Shoot me an email. I'm always, you know, I'll be happy to answer it. And then, of course, you do actually have to answer those emails, by the way. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, how you answer them is also part of the sales process. That's how I feel about it because, you know, the whole experience is them making that buying decision. So definitely don't, like, drop the ball and say, oh, like, that was on the website on page blah, blah, blah. Like, actually just, like, hold them by the hand and say, cool, like, I totally understand where you're coming from and here's how I answer this question, <laughs> you know, something like that. Right. And I've even gone as far as if somebody really is stuck, I've actually done like remote sessions with them to actually log in and see their computer and figure out what it is they're doing wrong in order to solve that problem for them. Because a lot of times people just need a little extra handholding. Yeah, absolutely. And you can you can turn a refund and an irate customer into a raving fan with just a few minutes of extra work. And that's really what it boils, in, boils down to. Yeah, I totally agree. I think most of the time it's like miscommunication or like a technical thing that could easily be resolved. So I think it's always worth doing. Right. Awesome. Very cool. So we're getting close to our time here. So I've got a couple more questions for you. One of the things is you've got a lot of stuff going on. So what are some of the other cool things that you've got going on in your world right now? Yeah, so the big thing that we're pretty excited about is our live event, which is happening in June 2014, and it's called Off the Charts Live. So it's all about basically taking your business to that next level, and um, I just love using that charts <laughs> analogy because I am you know, pretty technical, and I like looking at charts. Um, but yeah, it's all about um, the kind of basically the foundations of online business and how we can really take whether it's an offline business or an existing online business, to that next level using these strategies that we're talking about and kind of going deeper on all these points. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, last year we had 80 women in New York, and we're aiming for 200 this year. So it's going to be really very, fun. Very cool. Now, is it open just to women or is this open for men as well? Um, well, we did. We had two men, <laughs> so okay. I, I, don't, I don't mention that. Like, they, they're totally welcome to come, but um, most of the people who show up are women, so that's a fair warning. Um, <laughs> but yes, men are totally and, welcome to come. And just just for the record, I'm going to set the record straight here that honestly, guys, if, if you're not too much of an egomaniac, these are the kind of events you want to go to. I get more business. I get better connections with some of the coolest, coolest people in the world by going to conferences that are like that, that are primarily women, because let's face it, without without trying, you know, I'm sure I'm going to irritate somebody by this, but <laughs> let's face it, women are just more fun to hang out with, and they're actually more open to trying things, as opposed to the stubborn guy who, you know, will never ask for directions if he gets lost. This is where most of my clients are women. I've been to some amazing events. I went to Kathleen Gage's event this last summer, and I was one of two guys in the room. No, three guys in the room. And it was an amazing event, one of the best that I've ever been to. And so if you're not terrified by a lot of very powerful women being in the room all together, you really should go to an event like this. I, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think it's it's cool because I go to some events that are mostly men and I kind of like being like the odd one out because you stand out and you can kind of meet people and they'll remember you. <laughs> so it might actually work to your advantage if you're a guy, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Very cool. So I wanted to I wanted to, to share the link for the list building challenge because I think just about everybody should sign up for this. No matter where you are in your business, I mean, I have learned some stuff from it, and I'm not even done yet, and I've been doing this stuff since 2007. So there, you gave me some great ideas on it. If somebody is a newbie and just getting started, they will come back with a ton of gold with it. So I want to give that link out real quick, and then we're going to start wrapping things up, okay? 
Yeah, let's do All it. All right. So the link for that is ymulikes.com slash Natalie, and it's N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E. And that will direct you over to the list building challenge site so you can get signed up for that. It is an amazing program. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, and then with that, of course, people are going to want to get a hold of you other ways as well. They may want to follow you on social media, start stalking you, all that kind of fun stuff. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so, I mean, my main website is just natalielucie.com. Uh, I'll spell that out just just in case, so N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E-L-U-S-S-I-E-R.com. And so if you want to go to my Facebook page, it's facebook.com forward slash Natalie Lucier page. So hopefully you were able to jot down my full name so you can find me on Facebook. And we'll and put it all in the notes too. We'll yeah. put it in the show notes. Wonderful. And then um, Twitter, it's just N-A-T-H-L-U-S-S-I-E-R. And those are kind of the two main places that I hang out online. So that'd be great to connect with everyone there. Awesome. And everybody listening, I highly, highly recommend you you connect with Natalie, sign up for the list building challenge. And, you know, she's got some awesome stuff. I appreciate you coming on the call here. You've been an amazing guest. You've given a ton of content. Well, thank you, Eli. This was so much fun. And yeah, I can't wait to hear people's results from taking action on these things we talked about today. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. I always tell tell everybody there's, you know, I've got one last question. Actually, I almost forgot it. One last question I give to every guest. And this is the, the final step is what would you say if there's one thing people should get out there and take action on today, what would that be? Yeah, so I feel like one of the most important things for people is to get clear on who their ideal people are and kind of how they message themselves to them. So a lot of times I feel like people are kind of unclear about who their ideal clients are, maybe where they're hanging out, and they kind of don't have a strong enough message. So maybe they're like, well, we help people do X, Y, and Z. But kind of take it one step further and say, you know, what do you stand for? What are you opposed to? And kind of how are you changing the industry by doing what you're doing? So the more you can get clear on that and maybe put that on your about page or put that in your bio, then I think people will be just so much more easier for them to actually share what you do with their acquaintances and friends and stuff. And that'll get more people to you in that way. Awesome. Cool. Love it. That is so, so true. And it is a step that gets skipped so many times. Uh, it drives me completely nuts. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. I want to thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. We had a, I had a lot of fun here. And one thing I always put out there is, you know, if there's anything that I can do to help support you, reach out and let me know. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> So thank you, guys. I appreciate you all coming in listening. Now, of course, we appreciate it if you give us a review on iTunes because that is one of those things. It's kind of like the whole SEO thing that helps us rank higher on iTunes and get in front of more people and, of course, share these kind of interviews with other people as well. So just go to iTunes, leave us a review. Uh, it means the world to me. It really, really does. And of course, reach out to us. If there's anything that either one of us can do for you, let us know. That's what we're here for. That's why we do these things because we have fun with it and we love helping other people. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap everything up. Everybody get out there. Have an amazing rock star week and we will see you on the next episode. Hey there, this is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.